Hello, my awesome project managers. Welcome to the homework for day four on 40 days to PMP exam success. I hope you're doing well. And I do hope you were able to study and close any gaps and solidify answers for the questions I gave you. Let's take a look at the questions one by one. The very first question, what is empowerment? Now, like I told you, you got to read the book to understand what exactly it is. But if you're talking about empowerment, it just means giving power to someone, giving authority, giving power to someone to do something. So people are given power on projects to make decisions or they're given power to manage their own work, lead themselves. That's what empowerment is. So you see the word empowerment quite a lot in the world of Agile where teams are given autonomy. They are given the ability to lead and manage themselves. Self-led, self-managed, self-organized. Number two, why should management care about the topic of empowerment? Major reason is empowerment equals the beginnings of growth. When you are ready to empower a team, it means that you trust the team. You trust them to be able to make certain decisions and to take certain actions without micromanagement. It shows growth. Number three, give some practical examples of how you would organize around team strength. Now, if you didn't already read the book, chapter four, I wanna take you to chapter four because we have an answer or I should say answers for you here. So how do you support team task accountability? Accountability is something you make clear right from the get-go. You could use a racy chart to make it very clear who is accountable for what. I also talked about the five C's in the last meeting that we had. The kickoff meeting is also where you could give stakeholders an idea of what they are meant to be doing on the project. This is where you begin to get buy-in so organizing around team strength means you are intentionally empowering the team based on the strength that you know. Let's move on to the next question. How would you support team task accountability in an agile environment? Well, the agile manifesto says, give the team the environment and support they need and trust them to get the job done. So to support team task accountability, you have to make that accountability obvious. You have to enable that accountability by giving the team that environment and support needed. Number five, as an agile leader, how would you evaluate demonstration of task accountability? So as a leader, you should allow the team decide this question for themselves, especially if it's a mature team. If it's a younger team, you may need to guide them in some direction. But as far as mature teams, they know if they're doing a great job or if they're not. Let's read the book to find out a little bit more. The enabler addresses the question, how do you know that team members have been accountable? That word evaluate. There are ways that we can build accountability but as far as evaluating that accountability, it's by taking a look at results. Now, a less than ideal result from a team 
does not mean the team has failed. It just means the team has learned. So while evaluating, don't just look at the data and the reports, but understand if the team knows why their performance was less than ideal. And ask the team, what are you going to do to get better? And let the team speak for themselves. See, Agile is all about trust. And the way we tackle this area of evaluating task accountability is different from how we might in the world of traditional. Traditional, we use a lot of centralized leadership. But in Agile, we look at the team as being the leaders as well. So we look at team accountability. Let's move on to number six. Who is in the best position to bestow levels of decision-making authority? It really depends on the situation, but it's always the individual who is in management or who is in a higher position. Only an individual in a higher position can bestow decision-making authority. So if I am used to making all the decisions, it's up to me to bestow that decision-making authority on someone else, likely someone who reports into me or someone who I may have jurisdiction over. Number seven, describe the profile of an organization willing to empower its people. So an organization willing to empower its people is one that trusts the teams that work in the firm. A firm that is willing to empower its people is one that builds the team, develops them, gives them an opportunity to make mistakes, gives them the ability to grow and things such as that. It is an organization that is empathetic and understands what is needed for each team on a case-by-case -case basis. Number eight, describe the profile of an individual unwilling to empower their people. Draconian rule, theory X management, carrot and sticks, need I say more, you get the idea. Number nine, is it possible to go overboard in empowerment? And the reason for this question is, while empowerment is good, premature empowerment could be destructive and detrimental. So when you think about this question, just think about giving too much power to someone who is not used to handling that power. The words of Spider-Man, with great power comes great responsibility is true. With little power comes little responsibility. So one could go overboard when it comes to this. Number 10, your project manager, you are a project manager on a project that has had a lot of restrictions placed upon it. How do you practicalize the essence of this task to empower team members and stakeholders? Well, if you are a project manager on a project that has a lot of restrictions, you need to develop a culture of trust. You need to be the change agent. You need to be the one who enables the team grow by trusting them to do things. Might be small at first, but that needs to grow in economies of scale for them to take on more. Number 11, which process in the PMBOK guide will be appropriate to address this topic? Mention at least one. So I'm curious to know what you came up with, but if you came up with anything in resource management, I'm hoping that it's either 
manage team or develop team. When it comes to acquire resources, you haven't gotten the team yet. The two processes that deal with you as the project manager, having the team in your corner are develop team and manage team. Number 12, which of the Agile Manifesto principles espouses this idea? Well, you've heard me say quite a number of times, give the team the environment and support they need. That support, even in the face of adversity, and then trust in them to get the job done is big. So that is the one that comes to me in the Agile Manifesto. Give the environment and support to the team, trust them to get the job done, that's empowerment. From an Agile perspective, our next question says, in order to succeed, should come from outside the team. Let's read that again. From an Agile perspective, empowerment, in order to succeed, should come from outside the team. And this is really getting you to understand the culture in many organizations that still try to control Agile teams by telling them how to do their work, telling them the frameworks and the methods that they must use. Now that in my mind is not complete empowerment. It's still holding on to some sort of power and control. So from an agile perspective, in order to succeed, the empowerment needs to come from senior management. That's all I'm saying. It needs to come from senior management. So I'm curious to know what you came up with in your explanation. Did you do this question number 13? I'd like to know what you came up with. All right, number 14. Only secure leaders give power to others is a quote from my mentor, John C. Maxwell. Explain it. What do you think that means? Only someone who is secure and comfortable in his or her own skin, who does not fear the people working for or with them is the person who can give power to others. And empowerment is all about feeling comfortable, not feeling threatened, but realizing we're all collaborating and working together. Number 15, what are the major barriers to empowerment in a predictive environment? In a predictive environment, by its very nature, we have centralized leadership. And as a result of the centralized leadership, you find that very often encroaching into the topic of what is my responsibility? What is your responsibility? What is my accountability? Don't do what I'm supposed to do and things such as that. In the world of agile, it is more collaborative. It's more generalizing specialists, code ownership from the team and things such as that. So in a predictive environment, just the very nature of doing things in a more prescriptive way, it could come in between empowerment and the team. Number 16, what are the major barriers to empowerment in an agile environment? The major barriers here are similar. It goes back to people. It's all about the choice people make and it has to do more with trust. If management doesn't trust the team, they continue to rule and use carrot and sticks and use, in quote, scaling approaches 
to get the team into rank and file. Number 17, explain the concept of mutual accountability in Agile. So mutual accountability just means as a team member, I hold myself accountable, you hold me accountable, I hold you accountable, we hold each other accountable, we hold the entire team accountable as members on the team. So it's a 360 degree view of accountability. Number 18, explain how decisions are made on an agile team. On an agile team, you first of all have divergence, you have divergence, and then from divergence, we have consensus direction. It's not absolute consensus, but we have from divergence to explaining and dialogue to get to towards consensus, a convergence towards consensus. It doesn't mean that every single person needs to say it's a five in terms of I absolutely agree. It just means we should see the convergence of the team towards a certain direction. That takes us to number 19. Explain the Highsmith decision spectrum. The Highsmith decision spectrum allows a spectrum of decisions, a spectrum of perspectives. And instead of being focused on just the top or the bottom, as far as who and how many people said yes, how many people said no, let's just go with that. No, we look for outliers. So assuming most people are towards the green, which is absolutely agree, but we have some people that are outliers towards red, veto, I don't agree. Well, those folks can share their perspective. And the idea is to reason and rationalize and collaborate and get to a, a point where everyone on the team understands the picture and they could revote. And as long as we see that tendency towards convergence, towards consensus, then we're good to go. Number 20, explain the concept of fist of five and dot voting. The concept of fist of five, you got a fist, got five fingers, no fingers up means absolutely do not agree. One finger up, a eh, little bit better than zero, all the way to five. When you get to a five, it's full agreement. Now, dot voting. Dot voting is used in Agile. In dot voting, participants vote on their chosen options using a limited number of dots or sticker dots, or they could just mark with pens. And based on how many dots they place on a chosen option, they could either indicate I think this is a great idea or not. So the number of dots on each of those options ends up telling you what the team wants to go with. And it's just a great way for, for each individual using their tokens or dots that they assign to whatever is being decided on. All right, and that, my friends, brings us to the end of day four. I know it's a lot of heavy homework. I know it's a lot of stuff for us to go over, but at the end of it all, you're only going to be more solid. Remember, my answers to you about this is not the be all end all. It's just the beginning of you thinking 
more in depth about what you've already done. So I, I really ask you, if you've not done the homework, then probably don't watch the video so that you can get the full value from it. Because I really am looking for you to do some research as it were, do some investigations. And as a result of the investigations you do, you're gonna have solid answers yourself when coming into this discussion. All right, thank you very much. If you have not already signed up for any of the immersion programs or gotten the book, you can always do so by going to the Praiseon website or just look in the links below and you'll be able to get the book. It's there at the 40-day plan. Download the plan and tomorrow, day five, we're talking about ensuring team members and stakeholders are adequately trained. Look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Bye for now.